Aspartame is cool because zeocalic sweeteners are cool because they don't give you calories, but they give you that sweetness in a very small dose. So let, let's say you want to put your calories somewhere else, or you are working on weight loss to be healthier, to reduce cancer risk. It's a really cool tool. And then some people are like, well, I don't like it. Does it feel good? Well, you also don't have to have it, but you don't need to worry. Like, let's say you miss the ingredient or you consume something that had aspartame. You are safe and fine. And no one's having 20 Diet Cokes a day. But yeah, people will get that. Though people will try to enjoy their Diet Coke and I'm like, oh my God. I can't believe you're doing that. And it's like, okay, well, the science says it's safe. And good news is they study it and re-study it and they reaffirm the ADI recently, which is really good news. It's, it's a good thing. It's not increasing cancer risk. Hey there, welcome to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Our guest today is Nicole Andrews, the oncology dietitian. She is an oncology registered dietitian nutritionist, so specializing in reducing cancer risk, helping cancer patients, cancer survivors with their nutrition, busting myths all over the place. So super excited to have her on today. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk with you today. <laughs> I know you love myth busting, as you just said, and we do too. I know Brooke wasn't able to be here today, but let's just dive in. I would love to hear an oncology dietitian, your area of expertise. I'd love to hear your take on sugar because that is one mm -hmm. of the biggest things. It's toxic. It's inflammatory. It's probably fitting that I'm wearing one of my poison shirts right now. Yeah. <laughs> It's all of these things. It's going to cause cancer, feed cancer. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So that's a huge topic when it comes to cancer nutrition, a healthy lifestyle. People even say it's like addictive, which is not true. Sugar is just sugar and fats. These are things that That'll taste ruffle good. some feathers right yeah, out the gate. <laughs> yeah. It's not addictive at all. It's not. Usually people who feel like they're addicted to sugar, there's other patterns in their day-to-day -day life. They're not getting enough protein. They're waiting too long to eat. They're low on energy. So they use carbs to give them energy. They think, then they think that sugar is like this enemy, but it's not. It's just something delicious that we want to, our taste buds love. We're, we all like sugar. It's not a big deal. We can have it part of as a healthy lifestyle. So where the myth comes from that sugar feeds cancer, it's a total myth. And my book, by the way, is literally titled that, like sugar does not feed cancer. So you guys should definitely check it out because there's a whole chapter on cancer metabolism that goes in more detail. But so what happens is cancer is so different from a healthy cell. Cancer cells are just completely different. They have their own agenda on how to use up nutrients in the body. If a cancer survivor isn't even eating well, the cancer cells continue to divide and spread. Nothing's slowing them down except for these treatments. Okay, so what we do with food is not changing or slowing down the growth of cancer and they have a higher uptake of glucose. Cancer cells do. They also have a really high uptake of protein and fat. They, they uptake whatever they need to grow and divide. And that's what researchers are trying to battle against when it comes to cancer, because nothing is slowing these cancer cells down. That's why well, surgery would be the best, right? Even though that is invasive, it's the least invasive. Ideally you have surgery and remove your cancer, but that's also why you need chemo, immunotherapy, radiation, all these different, different modalities, because it's so hard to slow cancer cells down. And in fact, it would be very easy if we could just 
just remove sugar and it would just automatically the cancer cells be like, oh, okay, this person stopped eating sugar or candy. So I guess we're going to stop growing. We wish it would be that easy. Cancer survivors say that all the time, but it's just not that, it's not that simple. It's so complex. Cancer cells are able to, they metabolize glucose different. They uptake a lot more. They have their own like protective area around the cancer cells to uptake nutrients in case nutrients get low. They make their own blood vessels. It is not like a healthy cell. So healthy cells need carbs, protein, and fat. So sugar falls in that category. So if you're not eating very well, the healthy cells, like cancer survivors not eating very well, malnourished, the healthy cells wither down. Fatigue, malnutrition, organs aren't working as well, but the cancer is doing just fine. So a lot of people think, okay, well, if we know that cancer uptakes a lot more sugar, let's just pull it out. Because if I eat more sugar, then it's going to grow quicker. And that's just not the case. That's not what the science shows. It's really the healthy cells that are being affected, which is really too bad. So when it comes to a cancer survivor being diagnosed, that is the number one myth. The whole sugar feeds cancer. Every cancer survivor is tired of hearing it. Like they truly are <laughs> because it's just not true. And that's why they're showing up to those really intense treatments. So carbohydrates are fruits, grains all dairy except for cheese and desserts. So there's a lot of different carbohydrates that we can have. And I don't think that we should have a diet high in like desserts. We want to have sugar in moderation, but not saying like, oh, you need to cut it out. It's more like, hey, are we having balanced meals? Are we having all the food groups? Because you can fit in a dessert a day very easily, very, very easily, or, or sugar throughout your day very easily. And it's not going to hinder your health or your goals or whatever it is. So Yes, it's true that cancer has an uptake of a bunch of different nutrients, but what we need to focus on is not trying to manipulate cancer with diet because we can't. We need to be eating really well to support the healthy cells so cancer survivors can attend treatments at full dose and you know remain really well nourished for their healthy cells. And so what about a, a healthy person without cancer being told sugar is going to make you get cancer? Oh my gosh, I know. So, so here's the deal. So, so no. <laughs> no, it's just not. No. Okay. <laughs> and the only two foods guys that are going to increase risk at consumption would be alcohol. Okay. So any alcohol intakes, the ethanol in there is going to increase your risk for breast, colon, stomach, liver, and mouth, throat cancers. Okay. So any alcohol and no red wine is not this antioxidant blast. Mm -mm, it's an ethanol blast. So you want to reduce your alcohol intakes or take it out and then process meats like your bacon, sausages, deli meats, those increase risk for just colon cancer at consumption. That is it. When it comes to all these ever foods that people are having an issue with, like conventional produce, like non-organic stuff or like sugar or seed oils or whatever it is are coming out these days saying it's causing cancer, aspartame, we could talk about that next. Not true. When it comes to increasing cancer risk, healthy adult, maybe someone who doesn't have cancer, an excess level of body fat tissue on your body will increase risk of several different cancers. 13, actually. The World Cancer Research Fund talks about this. So excess fat tissue will come from sedentary lifestyle, not exercising, and overconsumption of calories, which can come from any food group. I mean, any food group, really, just overconsumption of calories in general. You can have these healthy bowls or smoothies, and they're just hundreds of calories adding into excess body fat tissue. Then you're increasing cancer risk. Someone could think they would have a bunch of sugar, but they're having a balanced diet. They're active. They have lower body fat tissue. They're not increasing cancer risk. So it's not about sugar directly. It's about if we are not exercising, eating too many calories, have excess body fat on our life over many, many years, that can cause a low-grade inflammatory state in our bodies. That's what we need to be worried about. Sugar is not the enemy. And then when you think about it from like a food science, nutrition standpoint, so yeah, a donut compared to an apple, yeah, the donut will have less nutrients. 
sure, the apple's going to have more nutrients. But donuts are awesome. Candy's awesome. We want to have that in your life. You can because it tastes yummy. And that's part of like how to have a good life is to enjoy food. You just don't want to have just all donuts all day. You know what I mean? Because you're just not going to feel well. So sugar's fine. You're not addicted. Oh, and if you feel like you're addicted to sugar, you're probably likely feeling like you can't have it. You've been told by diet culture society, it's, it's a bad food. So you feel guilt. And of course, anything you say you can't have, you want more of. Psychology 101. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. And then you are not eating well throughout the day. So you're looking for a quick burst of energy. And what does carbs do? What does sugar do? What does gummy bears or candy bar do? Boom, burst of energy, but you don't have any protein. You don't have the other fiber. So you're not getting filled up. So you're like, well, I ate carbs and I'm feeling more hungry. Oh, carbs is the enemy. No, we need to look at how you're eating overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. It's all, it's the context of everything. Zooming out is a phrase that I say all the time. Zoom out and look at the bigger picture of what's actually going Mm -hmm. on because it's usually not about the specific food. I mean, sometimes it's like an oral fixation and it just tastes really good, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's a the bigger picture. Like you said, not enough protein, crappy sleep, hangover munchies. Crappy like all sleep. These, yeah. 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 You have some crappy sleep. You're not going to be eating good. This is sleep. Right. Very yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned two things that I'd love to to move into. One is the aspartame and the second is alcohol. Brooke and myself, we both do not drink. We've both been sober for a couple of years now, and we are more than happy to talk about the negative effects of alcohol on somebody's life. But aspartame, what the heck is the deal with that and the fear mongering oh about my- that and cancer well, causing <laughs> Right. Well, recently, like this last summer, I was talking about this on social media. Everyone was talking about it, how they reaffirmed the adequate daily intake for aspartame. So they reaffirmed that it was safe. Social media, you know how they get, or people who don't like aspartame, people who just have the opinion that they don't like it. Mm-hmm. They took that and they blew it up. They're like, oh my gosh, look at aspartame, increasing cancer risk related to cancer. Whoa. If we look at what they did, they were like, hey, Let's look at this. Okay, still safe. Moving on. But nope, that's not what the article said. So, and people don't know how to read nutrition science. So, aspartame is one of the most well studied ingredients, which is awesome. It is the zero, no, no calorie sweetener, zero calorie sweetener. I'm not sure how you want to label it. Diet sodas, things like that. Or so many different food products use aspartame, and it's great because there's no added calories. So, let's say someone doesn't want to put their calories there, they want to enjoy a diet Coke, for example, there's lots of people, there's communities that just love their diet Coke. Let them enjoy it. It's fine. It's a zero calorie beverage. They're enjoying their day. Like leave them alone. It's not increasing cancer risk. So they have studied aspartame quite a bit. And the um, adequate daily intake is around like for like maybe average 170 pound person, like 20 cans of diet soda. And that is not even like the, like that's the limit, right? Like that's what they put out there. Like, Hey, let's limit it here 20 cans of diet coke a day but like it's way it's way what, what how would you say that it's like way above what actually is the adequate daily intake like mm-hmm. the level where it could potentially maybe start being maybe a problem yeah and no one's drinking that much diet coke so it's well studied they reaffirmed it the reason why it's blown up to be this scary thing is because uh, people don't know how to read research or people who have opinions on certain foods we're similar we look at the science we're sharing hey what's up-to-date evidence-based we're not trying to share our opinion. So aspartame is cool because zero calorie sweeteners are cool because they don't give you calories, but they give you that sweetness in a very small dose. So let, let's say you want to put your calories somewhere else, or you are working on weight loss to be healthier, to reduce cancer risk. It's a really cool tool. And then some people be like, well, I don't like it. Does it feel good? Well, you also don't have to have it, but you don't need to worry. Like, let's say you miss the ingredient. 
or you consume something that had aspartame, you are safe and fine. And no one's having 20 Diet Cokes a day. But yeah, people will get that. Though People will try to enjoy their Diet Coke. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that. And it's like, okay, well, the science says it's safe. And good news is they study it and restudy it. And they reaffirmed that ADI recently, which is really good news. It's, it's a good thing. It's not increasing cancer risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned a, a really good point about people not knowing how to read studies, because one of the biggies was mm-hmm. it causing cancer in the rodents. But what people don't understand is that those rodents were fed an absolutely obscene amount of aspartame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the, like in their eyeball or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and translating that into how much a, a human would actually consume and how close you get to that level of potentially maybe not being okay. You got other problems to worry about. Like if you're having 20 Diet Cokes mm-hmm. a day, that's another conversation we should have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably not eating that well. And then, of course, the lab and mouse studies aren't a good reflection of human studies at all. Mm-hmm. Just a jumping off point into something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they label it as possible carcinogen. And that's that could be everything. Your cell phone's a possible carcinogen. So things that we do know that increase cancer risk, alcohol, tobacco, excess body weight, processed meats. We know that. That is, hey, it is increasing cancer risk. The human studies show that. Not with aspartame. They're studying it. They're restudying it. When it comes to humans, you have 20 cans a day if you want, not increasing cancer risk. Mm-hmm. So what about processed meats? What is all included in that processed meats? And what is like the limit of that, the dosage? Yeah. So when it comes to processed meats, zero is best. It's going to it's gonna start to increase risk every few ounces that you have. And a lot of people be like, what about nitrate free? Well, okay, that's not really, they don't really know yet, except for the fact that there's already naturally occurring nitrates in these deli meats and sausages and bacon. So it's already in there, even if you get nitrate free. It's the way that they are processed. Like a lot of foods are processed, like baby carrots in it are processed and those are you know decreasing cancer risk. So processed doesn't mean increasing cancer risk processed meat. So specifically because of how they were you know, pre-cooked, the nitrates in them, the high sodium levels, the red meat deli meats seem to be worse than the white meat deli meats. The, every hot dogs, every few ounces that you have is increasing your risk of colorectal cancer. So it's only that cancer. It's not other cancers. You want to make sure you're having a lot of good fiber throughout the day. So you have consistent good bowel movements. So let's say your stool has some type of carcinogenic byproduct from having things like processed meats. If you're having a higher fiber diet, you're moving those bowel movements through, well, then you're not going to put that pressure up against your intestines or have those byproducts in there that can be carcinogenic. So if if you are doing processed meats, make sure you're doing a lot of fiber too to move those stool through, but it's really best to completely remove them. And I get it. This this is a part of a lot of people's lives. So you just try your best. Like I said, balance it with high fiber, try to reduce it and then cook like fresh meats at home and use those as much as you can. Like rotisserie chicken, for example, safe. People like- I was just going to mention that. (laughs) So underrated. It's cooked. Like at Costco, it's awesome. Canned meats are okay. Those are also processed, but it's not going to be the same way that those deli meats are on the shelf. Raw meats, do plant proteins, soy, beans, edamame. There's other ways to get good proteins in for sure. So that's what we like. Happy colon, moving things through. Fiber is going to stimulate the little villi all throughout your GI tract. That's going to help to reduce risk of cancer, keep inflammation down. So yeah, if you are making sure you're not constipated, you're having regular bowel movements, you're, you're helping your colon be healthier. You're reducing your risk of cancer for your colon. The risk is still there. You're still getting exposed to those deli meats, but you are taking better care of your colon by having regular bowel movements and having fiber. So I don't know if it crosses each other out, but I know that it's definitely helping to have happier colon for sure, <laughs> all that fiber. So 
yeah, I just, if you are someone who's like, oh man, I love those deli meats, shoot. I don't know if I can do that. Well then why don't we just focus on adding in more fiber and exercise, fiber exercise and hydration are natural ways to have really regular bowel movements. So if you're having a hard time taking out deli meats or hot dogs or bacon, I would try to reduce it for sure because it is increasing risk for colon cancer. But then I would look at like, okay, maybe I can focus more on more fiber in and see if that helps because it will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the approach of adding. Um, I feel like that's a lot less stressful for a lot of people. And that's largely how I work with clients too as a nutritionist is let's think less about things that we're taking out and start thinking more about things that we're adding in. And as a byproduct of that, a lot of times the other stuff that is maybe not so nutrient dense maybe has a lot of energy density, calorie density, and just isn't really serving them well in the quantities that they're eating them, they start getting reduced. But we're not thinking about that so much in the foreground. And it's a lot easier for them to build these habits of balanced nutrition. Yeah. What are some things that you would suggest people add to their life to reduce cancer risk? Oh, yeah. You mentioned exercise, plant foods. Yeah. 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 Don't take unnecessary supplements. So things that you don't need that are not prescribed by your doctor. Maybe you need vitamin D or iron or some other micronutrient. Okay, sure. If your doctor's like, hey, look, your blood levels are low. You're eating a wide, wide variety diet. You're very diet. Okay, maybe. But a lot of people are taking unnecessary supplements that are super high dose percent daily value. Those become free radicals. No, your body does not want a super high dose of vitamin C. It wants a regular dose of vitamin C. (laughs) So like those IV bars and stuff, those are like, Ooh, make me cringe. Don't do that. You just eat food. So don't take high dose supplements that can harm your cells. Stay away from that tobacco, alcohol, processed meats. And the things you can add in would be more plant foods. A lot of people will think, oh, shoot, if I want to reduce cancer risk. I got to be vegan or vegetarian and only eat plants. And I'm never going to enjoy meat again. That's not true at all. You don't have to do that. You just want to add in more plants. Look down at your plate like, oh, you only have eggs for breakfast. Okay, let's have some whole grain toast, some fruit with that. Or you have a sandwich with just turkey and and bread, well, switch to whole grain bread, use cooked chicken breast, add some veggies on that, have a side salad. You know what I mean? Like add some more mm-hmm. stuff to it. So you're just having more plant foods. So the plant foods that will reduce cancer risk are whole grains. Well, I shocked back that because I'm like bread, whole grains, <laughs> fruits, veggies, beans, legumes, nuts and seeds. So those are plant foods. Soy is in there. A lot of people think soy is estrogen is going to give them breast cancer or female hormones. No, <laughs> soy is a great, soy is helping you reduce cancer risk. So adding in more plant foods like that, healthier fats are going to help you. So trying to reduce the butter, healthier fats would be like the plant oils, which are very safe. People say they cause inflammation and they don't. They are healthy. So you've got your, your plant oils, your olives, your avocados, your nuts, your seeds, those things are going to help your body function a lot better, reduce cancer risk, and then more movement. Even like if you're like, why well, go to the gym twice a week for one hour? I'm like, okay, well, are you sitting the rest of the week? Mm-hmm. I want you to get up and move. Let's. What do you like to do to get up and move? Let's get off the couch. It's okay to rest and enjoy a movie or whatnot, but not for hours every day. That's not going to help you reduce risk. So those are a lot of different things you can add in. I agree with you on sleep, at least seven hours a night, because it's going to have you're going to make better choices during the day. You're going to have more energy to do those workouts. Sleep is really important. People are up on their phones too late. They're getting no sleep and they think, ah, it's fine. But it's really affecting them day to day and those choices they could make to reduce cancer risk. Mm -hmm. I know we're coming up on our our time, but can you talk about the alcohol just a little bit and how that will increase cancer risk? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was actually a recent recommendation. I think within the last 10 years, the American Institute for Cancer Research, World Cancer Research Fund had mentioned like, hey, it's okay to have one drink a day for women, two drinks a day for men, but let's cut it off there. So they had changed that in the last decade to say like, hey, nope, it's zero. So whatever the type of alcohol, wine, beer, spirits, things like that, what's happening is in that process of creating alcohol is ethanol. Ethanol is just, it's, it's, it's a 
it's going to damage your cells, period. It's going to block other nutrients from possibly being absorbed to your cells that could otherwise keep your cells healthy, reduce risk for cancer. And it's just, it's a carcinogen. So it's coming in and it's breaking down your cells. It's breaking down your organs. You are, when you are drinking alcohol, is not helping you. That's just the truth of it. And usually, so a lot of issues with alcohol is because, first of all, a lot of people don't talk about increasing cancer risk. Everyone's like, well, I already know about tobacco. Okay, well, let's let's also know about alcohol because it's really anxiety. It's seen as a way to de-stress that whole thing. Like I'm a mom too. And so I'll know a lot of moms are like, hey, I can, with mommy wine club stuff, or I've had a long, stressful day. I need to drink. I'm like, yes. you do? No, it sounds like you need to come up with different coping mechanisms. You need to be exercising. You need to rethink why you're using alcohol to escape. And, and that's so common too. People use alcohol to de-stress and escape and because there's a lot of hardships in life, but you just have to you want to be healthier and reduce cancer risk. You need to hold yourself accountable and be like, hey, okay, I want to find different ways to cope with my stress. I want to find parenting to be more joyous, do other things. So self-care, exercise, talking to friends, therapy, going out in nature, moving your body more, getting out of the house. There's so many different ways to cope. And it's just not cool to try to say that alcohol is the way because it's just really hard on your body and it's not a healthy way to cope with stress. Yeah, it's hard on your mind too. Yeah. It's like, you don't have your mind. It's, it's tripping. It's changing. You don't have your mind. You're under the influence. Yeah. Get better friends is something that I talk about a lot. <laughs> and it's, yeah. It's you can. Yeah. Cause yeah. like mommy wine culture, we've talked about that before on the podcast mm-hmm. and like it kills us because a lot of these women are kind of stuck in the friend group that they're in because they're, f- their kids, friends, moms. Mm-hmm. And like, it's hard to break out of that. And I know we could like launch into a whole other conversation about mm-hmm. that. But it's- and you got to be strong. You got to say no to alcohol and keep saying no. And then yeah. people tease you, well, those aren't your friends. Or you just let people get used to it. Yeah. They just let them get used to the fact that you're not drinking. A lot of my clients will do that. They'll just let their friends know. And it gets easier and easier every the time. Like when everyone starts drinking, they leave. Their friends will stop offering them drinks. Or if people are really making you feel bad about alcohol, that's not a friend. Like, come on. Yeah. You have goals for health. You want supportive friends for sure. So being a mom can be very lonely. And so the idea of trying to start a new friend group is very, very scary. But you are choosing your health and you're role modeling that to your kids. And so I say do that scary step of trying to make new friends. That's what I recommend for sure. Yeah, totally, totally agree on the same page. Mm -hmm. Well, I know you have an appointment to get to. So plug your stuff, your books, your Instagram. Yes. Okay. So yes, come follow me, guys. Instagram is at oncology.nutrition.rd. So it's my TikTok. I'm on there every day because it's awesome. I, I've done this for four years. Well, I've been a cancer dietitian for like 12 years. I've had my own business for four years. I work one-on-one with clients. So if you are someone who wants to improve your health, whether you know you want to reduce cancer risk or you're doing cancer treatment, come over to my Instagram or get my two books. Number one bestseller is Sugar Does Not Feed Cancer. You can find it on Amazon or the Fuck Cancer Cookbook. You can find I that Barnes that. Noble Target. Yeah, Amazon. <laughs> so two books out. They're so awesome. And they are not just recipes. They help tell you how to reduce cancer risk. And then if you want more, come DM me on Instagram because I love to talk to people and get to know you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. You're amazing. Thank you. All right. And to everybody else, have a fantastic rest of your day. And we'll talk to you later. Same time, same place. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Dude, that was so good. That really was. <laughs> <laughs>